listening to Books Are My People, a podcast for book lovers with book news, recommendations, and ruminations on living a literary life in Los Angeles. I am recording on November 19th, and I am your host, Jennifer Calogeras. I'm a writing instructor at UCLA Extensions Writers Program and an author of three books. I hope everyone who celebrates had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I am pre-recording this episode before Thanksgiving because my kids have the entire week off of school and we're getting out of town for a little bit, but the plan is to be back by Thanksgiving and celebrate it with family friends in Malibu. I sent out my fall newsletter recently to people who have signed up on my author website. If you haven't yet, I encourage you to do so by visiting jennifercaloyaris.com. I only send a newsletter out three times a year, and it's where all of my writing and reading life culminates. I talk about what I'm reading, what I'm looking forward to reading, what I'm writing, and what classes I am teaching. I'm going to leave a link to my author website in the show notes, or again, you can just go to jennifercaloyaris.com and sign up. In addition to my author Facebook page, I also now have a Books Are My People Facebook page, so come follow me there. I've done a terrible job participating in that page up until now, but I'm going to be there more often, so feel free to follow me there, say hi, and tell me about what you're reading or what you'd like to hear more about on this show. And as always, you can find me in my happy place on Instagram at Jennifer Calogeris, where I mostly post about books and art and art and books and my many, many pets. If you happen to be in the LA area on Sunday, December 5th, artist Missy Dunaway will be at Diesel Books in Brentwood signing copies of her new book, The Traveling Artist. She'll be there at 3 p.m., My friends and I discovered Missy on the art website Creative Bug, and then we all started painting in acrylic ink because of her. I will definitely be at this reading on Sunday, so if you go, make sure you come find me and say hi, and I will give you my new Books Are My People sticker, which I have to say is pretty good looking. Missy was a guest on this podcast on episode 51, if you want to have a revisit. I will leave a link to this event in the show notes section of the podcast, or you can Google Diesel Bookstore events at the Brentwood location. And now it's time for some bookish news. I am running yet another book giveaway, and you should all enter because the entries are really low, so you have such a high chance of winning a brand new book. This time it's for the novel Bright Burning Stars by A.K. Small. I mentioned a few shows ago that I had a few books about ballet to read, and this is one of them. In this novel, Maureen and Kate are best friends, having trained at the Paris Opera Ballet School since childhood. When the body of a student is found in the dorm just before the start of their final year, the young women begin to ask themselves what they would do to win the ultimate prize, to be the one girl selected to join the opera's prestigious corps de ballet. How far would they go? Would they die? Would they cheat? Perhaps seduce the most talented boy in the school? As selection for the corps de ballet approaches, the competition becomes fiercer, and Maureen and Kate realize they have everything to lose, including each other. And this novel has been turned into a movie, which you can find currently on Amazon Prime with a new title, Birds of Paradise. To enter this giveaway, find the post about the giveaway on my Instagram account at Jennifer Calogaris. Follow me leave a comment, and that's it. You can tag a friend 
or post on your stories for some extra entries. So win the book Bright Burning Stars and then go watch the movie Birds of Paradise on Amazon Prime. This giveaway is open to U.S. mailing addresses only, and it will be open until December 13th, and I will DM a winner on December 14th. I'll leave a link to the giveaway in the show notes. Jesse Satanto, author of the delightful Dial A for Aunties, has won the Comedy Women in Print Prize, which is the UK's only award for humorous writing by women. This novel is such a fun read, part romantic comedy, part mystery, and everyone keeps comparing it to Weekend at Bernie's with a twist. If you're looking for a fun winter break read, this is it. After a bidding war, this novel is also being adapted by Netflix, which I'm so excited about. I don't know what the author's experience was writing this book, but this is a novel that reads like it was just so much fun to write. I'm excited about this next piece of news because my friend Michael, whom I had on as a guest on episode 57, and I were talking about the writer Abdul Razak Gurna, who won the 2021 Nobel Prize in Literature. And we were talking about how his books are so hard to find, and we really wanted to read one together, but alas, we could not find one anywhere. But Now we can because Riverhead Books has acquired the U.S. rights to three of Gurna's books. The first one to be published will be Afterlives, and it will be coming out on August 23rd of next year. And although that feels like a long ways away, I will patiently or not so patiently wait for it. And that is all the brief news I have for you this week. Jessica Laguna was born and raised in Southern California, and she has a degree in American literature and culture from UCLA and a master's in English from Cal State Fullerton. In 2004, she and her husband moved to Las Vegas. So far this year, she has read 175 books, a combination of physical books, audiobooks, and ebooks, though paperbacks are her preferred form of media. Jessica runs the Bookstagram account, The Towering TBR, with close to six thousand followers so hello jessica hello thanks so much for being on the show i'm so excited to be here i any chance to talk about books with somebody i'm, I'm not going to pass that up you are officially my very first bookstagrammer on the show so can you tell listeners what a bookstagrammer is in case someone doesn't know that term sure um so a bookstagrammer is basically just an instagram account that focuses on books um, and you know, it's mostly, it will be a lot of reviews, sometimes like author interviews, that kind of things, but books is the main focus. So reading <laughs> <laughs> all about reading, which we love. Yes. How did the concept for the towering TBR come about? Well, um, I was really big into podcasts and I was consuming a lot of true crime actually. Um, and I had started getting back into reading, you know, my life had finally settled down with, I was out of school and my daughter was old enough to entertain herself. So it gave me some reading time and I thought, oh, you know, I'm listening to all these podcasts. I should try and find some bookish podcasts. Um, So I did. And, you know, yours was one of them. Um, And it just kind of influenced me and and I wanted to get out there and, and talk to more people and connect with more people that were reading. Um, so I started an Instagram account and it's just this really great community of 
people that read and want to talk about the books that they're excited about. And it's been really neat to connect with authors, which is something that still kind of blows my mind is that like the authors of the books that I'm reading, they want to talk to me too and like know what I think about their books. And, you know, that's like a celebrity in in my opinion. So um, it's just been like a really exciting world to, to get into. That's awesome. If you are not on Instagram or following any bookstagram accounts, it's it's an amazing community. And like Jessica said, you can have access to all these authors in real time. You can read their books, tell them how much you like them, ask them questions, and most of them are happy to participate. So I like to ask someone who is as a voracious reader as yourself, when did you first identify yourself as a reader? Um, I was really young. Um, both of my parents were readers, you know, and I grew up in a household where, you know, my mom and dad had books all around and they read to me. Um, one of my earliest memories is my mom reading Little House on the Prairie to my sister and I. Um, one night the electricity had gone out because there was a huge windstorm and she lit a candle and, and read us a book. And, um, you know, we always went to the library. So from a really young age, I, I identified as a reader. I remember going to kindergarten and being mad on the first day that they didn't teach us how to read because <laughs> that's where I thought I was going. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I remember one really big rainstorm here in LA when my kids were little and we built a little fort under the dining room table and I read the Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe in its entirety to them that day. And I don't know if they remember it, but it was such a special experience for me. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Are there certain genres or styles of authors that you tend to gravitate towards? My first instinct is always to pick up something scary. I like thrillers. I like horror. Um, but, you know, I've been trying to diversify my reading more. Um, and your podcast has helped because you you read such a wide variety of genres. It's that I've gotten a lot of great recommendations from you. Um, but I found that I really like coming of age stories, which I didn't know until I started reading them. So, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mentioned in your introduction that you've read an amazing 175 <laughs> books this year alone, probably more than that by the time the show airs. Do you have any tips for readers out there who want to fit in more reading time? I get asked this question a lot. How do you fit it in? Do you not have any kind of social life? And I do have a social <laughs> life. It might not be the biggest, most robust social life, but I'm curious to hear what your tips might be. Um, well, one of them is you know, I don't watch a lot of TV because I have two kids and a husband and they pretty much dominate um, that. So, you know, if you're trying to talk to me about television series or like what's on Netflix, I'm completely hopeless. Um, so when they're watching TV, lots of times I'm, I'm on the couch with a book. And then another thing that really has increased my numbers is audiobooks. I'm lucky where I, lots of times I can turn on an audiobook at work or, you know, while you're in the car or making dinner or whatever. And that has really increased my consumption too. Now, are you one of those people who listens to audiobooks a little bit faster so you can consume the book faster? You know what? I can't. Um, <laughs> the one thing about audiobooks though, is if you stop paying attention, it seems 
like you get lost. At least that happens for me. You know, all of a sudden they're talking about a character that I, I don't know who they are. Um, so I have to listen at normal speed. I, I can't do the speed up. Okay. I do a little bit of a chipmunk. I, do, I go to 1.25, which is like the slightest speed that you can get without going yeah. too far into the chipmunks. <laughs> <laughs> And last but not least, um, you mentioned your job. What do you do in your day job? Um, I actually work for the county. I um, am a public servant, and I program and run swimming pools. So I get to work with a lot of teenagers, which is fun, too, because sometimes they'll bring their homework to work, and I'm always like, what are you reading? And I've gotten recommendations from them, too, which is kind of fun. That's awesome. I was just thinking for you, have you read Merritt Weisenberg's The Insomniacs? No, I haven't, but that one's on my list. I think you would like that. It checks some boxes for you. It's coming of age, and it has to do with a swimmer. So I think it might resonate. Yeah, I think you talked about that one on your podcast, Yes, I did. I had Merit on the show, and I think she's coming back in the spring for her new book, which is exciting. Oh, that's really awesome. Yeah, I'm like, I know that one's on my list, so I'll have to move it up. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for chatting with us. We're going to move on to book recommendations. I think, Jessica, you've brought three with you today? Yes. Great. Why don't you start us off? Okay. Well, um, when I was, it was really hard to choose three, first of all. Um, and I just kind of wanted to choose three that I really liked that I don't think get enough recognition. Um, so my first book is actually my favorite book of 2021. Um, and it's not a scary one. It's more a coming of age, but it's The Britneys by Brittany Ackerman. And it's about a gr- group of girls, all named Brittany, who go to school in, a, in Florida at a prep school. And they're all very, like, well-to-do. Um, but it's about their friendship and about being 14 and turning 15 and, like, all that life entails at that time, which is, like, so exciting, but also so scary And um, Brittany Ackerman just does this great job of capturing what it was like to be a girl at that age. And she writes so beautifully. Um, And I have a couple quotes, if that's okay, if I just throw those in there. Sure. Um, Like one of them is, we've got that small freedom and we're riding with it until we both inevitably get into trouble. That just captured so many of my my moments at, at that time in life. Um, and then the, there's another one. Um, sometimes it feels like no one is watching us the way we find ourselves in spots to make our own decisions. But it also feels like we're too young to do so, even though that's all we want. Mm. Um, yeah. And it, it was um, just it's so beautifully written. And um, it also I have a preteen right now, so I connected it. I connected with it on the level where. I remember what it was like to go through that, but then also, like, my daughter has so much ahead of her mm. <laughs> that is so exciting and so scary. But it's just, like, this really beautifully written coming-of-age story about what it's like to be a, a teenage girl in the early 2000s and, and all that you deal with. And that's The Britneys by Brittany Ackerman. Excellent. I read that book and I really loved it as well. So I was excited you wanted to recommend it. My first pick is The Mad Women's Ball by Victoria Mass. And this was first published in August of 2019 in French, but it was uh, most recently published in the States in September 2021. 
this is a really quick read that I read in one sitting. I think it's around maybe 220 or 240 pages, and it takes place in Paris in 1885, and uh, it takes place at La Sepeltrier. I hope I'm saying that right. I haven't spoken French in a while, um, which is the place for women who are deemed mentally unstable, and it was an actual asylum in Paris. Here, the women are subject to hypnosis, experimental treatment, solitary confinement, and public demonstrations um, of the doctor's methods used on these women's bodies to get them to comply, or as they say uh, in in their own words, to heal. Um, And not much healing is really happening here. Uh, Genevieve is a loyal nurse to the asylum, and she spends her free time writing these diary-like entries to her dead sister. So it's a a good technique that the author uses to get into her head. When 19-year-old Eugenie is brought in by her family, they're claiming that she can speak to ghosts, and so she needs to be locked up. And she feels abandoned and alone. And when Eugenie claims that she can speak to nurse Genevieve's dead sister, it makes Genevieve question everything she thought she knew about women and madness. And every year the hospital holds the Lenten Ball, or as they call it, the Mad Women's Ball, where patients get to dress up and basically be paraded for all the town to see. And where I quote, the cream of Parisian society thrilled at the prospect of mingling with mad women, and the mad women thrilled that they will finally be seen. So that's sort of what the the story is building up to this masquerade ball. This is a book about women's bodies, mental health, feminism, and misogyny, and it was made into a French film in 2021, and it's currently on Amazon. So now I know what I will be doing tonight. And again, that is The Mad Woman's Ball by Victoria Mass. Well, that one sounds great, too, and I'm adding that one to my list right now. (laughs) So my second book is To Break a Covenant by Allison Ames. Um, And this one is more of a scary book. Um, And it's just so wonderfully atmospheric, which is one of the reasons I loved it. And it's also about female friendships. Um, So the book is set in a town called Moon Basin, um, which is said to be haunted. And most of the reason that people believe that this town is haunted is because there was, it's a mining town. And there was an explosion in the mine that was so horrible that there are actually still fires burning in the mine below and that there's ash falling and the town really weak that people couldn't stay in it but instead of like completely abandoning the town they just move a couple miles away so you can still see the ash like the the mine's still close um so all the people have been affected by the mine um, either because they had a family member that worked there that they lost um, because there were people that were trapped and were never found um, or they have some kind of a haunting experience. And the story is about um, four girls. One of the girls is new to the, to the friend group and she actually has moved to the town because her father has been hired to go and investigate the mine. Um, so, you know, already you know that bad things are going to happen their friendship evolves as one of the friend's fathers kind of lapses into maybe madness um and they all start having 
strange experiences. Um, it's very eerie. Um, there are times when the girls go down into the mine and they, you know, they see weird things and, and there's a lot of illusions to what might be happening, but you're not really sure. So you get to draw your own conclusions, which is something that I really love. And then the story, the chapters are also interspersed with like found footage kind of chapters because there's a lot of ghost hunters that have come to this town because of its reputation. Um, And they've all had strange experiences and no one has ever come back. It's just, it's a really great novel. I had questions at the end. And as I wrote my my Instagram post about it, I reached out to the author and I was like, I would love to talk more about this book. And she was, Allison Ames was so great. And she was like, what do you want to talk about? And we had this whole dialogue about like, what, is this what this meant? And what do you think about this? And um, does the ending, did that really mean that? And it's great if you like spooky stuff, but nothing that's like overtly horrific. Um, But it's just really beautifully written and atmospheric and um, she sets such a great scene with this town of moon basin which is just so eerie um so that was to break a covenant by allison ames oh that sounds so fun i love atmospheric reads my next pick is also not steeped in any sort of concrete reality and it's called chouette by claire oshetsky and chouette is french for owl And this uh, came out November 16th. So in this wildly inventive and dark novel, we get a first-person account from Tiny, who is a married cellist who has a dream that she has made love with a female owl. Stick with me for a second. (laughs) After this arresting dream, she is shocked to see scratch marks across her chest that look like they very well could have been made from talons. And she's even more surprised when she finds herself pregnant with what she is sure is an owl baby. So the owl baby germinating inside of her causes Tiny to become nocturnal. She can now see in the dark, just like an owl. Indeed, after some time, an owl baby is born. While Tiny's husband recognizes something is off with this child, he absolutely will not acknowledge that it's an owl baby. He simply doesn't see her for who she is. So the mother Tiny struggles being at home with her owl baby all day, as any stay-at-home mom has struggled before. The prose is clipped, terse, and at times searing. And this is a portrait of a family with a new baby. And whether it is actually an owl or not, its presence causes so much upheaval and change in Tiny's life, highlighting what happens to mothers who don't get the proper support from their partners or their communities. So thank you to Echo and NetGalley for the advanced review copy. And again, that is Chouette by Claire Oshetsky. Okay, well, that sounds great, too. I also love stories about new moms, so adding it to the list. (laughs) The list is so long. It's so, it's sad. It's so long. (laughs) It's sad because we know we can never, I mean, once in a while I will go through, and I don't know if you do this, delete things permanently from the list because I just know in my heart I will never get to it. But it makes me so sad to do that activity. Yeah, me too. And the other sad thing is, I add books to my list, but by the time I actually read them, I've forgotten, like, why I wanted to read it. So it's like a surprise every single time. (laughs) 
Um, so my last book is Cackle by Rachel Harrison. And um, my disclaimer is if there's a witch in a story, I'm going to read it. So it doesn't really matter what it <laughs> what it is. Um, but I loved Rachel Harrison's first book, The Return. It was one of my favorite books last year. So I was definitely not going to pass up a chance to read this one. And it's kind of horror light. So, you know, there's some elements of scariness in there but mainly it's another story about female friendship which seems to be my theme today um but it's about a woman who lives in new york city and her boyfriend who she lived with and who she thought she would marry just broke up with her and unfortunately living in new york is so expensive that they even still live together like she she sleeps on the couch um and she just knows that she needs to try and move on with her life so she takes this teaching job in a small town in upstate new york and you know she loves the town it's cute and it's charming but she's still really spending most of her time pining over her ex sam and then one day she's walking through the town and decides to go into a wine shop and she meets a woman named Sophie and Sophie changes her life. She's like really beautiful and glamorous and everybody in the town seems a little bit afraid of her, which is strange, but Annie doesn't really question too much about it. Um, and then Sophie takes her to her house, which is like a mansion in the woods, which is strange still, but again, like Annie doesn't really question about anything. Um, and then, you know, some strange things start to happen. Um, but Annie's life is getting better. And so she's kind of, again, not really questioning. But at the same time, there's something, you know, untoward happening. And is it magic? Is is Sophie a witch? Is it just like, is she having really good luck? Um, and I don't want to say too much more about it. But Rachel Harrison just really writes these amazing women and Annie's character made me laugh so much and also made my heart hurt. You know, she is so real and flawed and magical in her own way. It, you just want to hug her and like be friends with her. And the friendship that forms between Annie and Sophie is, is just so fun. And you kind of wish that you had a friend Sophie too. Um, so it was just a great story that has some now magical horror elements in it. But at the heart, it's really a story about friendship between these two women. And, and you see Annie evolving. And it, it's just really a, a great read. And that was Cackle by Rachel Harrison. Excellent. I am adding that to my to-read list that did not hit my radar. So I'm so glad you talked about it today. I recommended The Return on this podcast when it came out. I love that book. It freaked me out, but I loved it. <laughs> well, and, and this one is much um, more benign than The Return, Yeah, uh, but still has that that great writing. And it has an amazing cover, too. Covers get me every time. Yeah, so me too. Great. <laughs> So next up for me is going to be Reckless Girls by Rachel Hawkins, which comes out in January. Jessica, what are you going to be reading next? Um, I am in the middle of The Ghost Tree by Christina Henry. Ooh. And where can people find you on social media? I'm at on Instagram at the towering TBR with underscores in between. So the underscore towering underscore TBR 
And it's kind of funny because when I made that name, I think I had about 25 books in my TBR, and now it's so much more. (laughs) It's more than towering. (laughs) Oh, it's like burying me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will leave a link to Jessica's social media outlet in the show notes section of the podcast, as well as a list of all the books we've talked about today, and a click through to my Books Are My People bookstore on bookshop.org. And if you would like to leave me a treat, please consider giving my podcast five stars in Apple Podcast or wherever you catch your pods. It really does help other book lovers to find out about the show. I'll be back in 14 days. And thank you so much, Jessica, for coming on. Thank you for having me. Until then, I hope you all have a wonderfully bookish week. Bye.